Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I am Sonny, and I am here hosting with an unusual cast. Uh, today, Caleb is feeling unwell. He is not feeling good. So, uh, since you can't record a podcast without a voice, uh, instead of Caleb, I have here with me Mr. Giant Skyhawk and Mr. Dylan, who, again, you should all know very well by now. Let's pop in. Hello, it is me, the large avian individual, a member of the unusual cast. At this point, I think you're both just just basically hosts as well. I mean, you're you're here almost as much as we are. I like to consider myself a recurring character. Yeah, uh, driving back from Sonny's house at uh, 2 a.m. on a one and a half hour drive is, is fun. You've left at 4 a.m. What are you talking yeah, about? No, you're right. I think I've gotten back at like Almost six before. <laughs> I can't say anything. I've gotten back at six from trips with y'all, so it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be, it'd be. Um. So before we get too far into today's show, there is a bit of stuff that we want to talk about, of course. Um, quick play news. So just to hit you with it real quick, the only piece of quick play news that we have is there was a Twitter post from Konami uh, due to continued supply chain issues, some of our upcoming Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG products may be shipped in waves to ensure that all distributors and their stores have some product available in time for the release date. The 2021 Tin of Ancient Battles is one of the upcoming products with distribution spread out in waves and will require multiple shipments until distributors receive their full order. Please be patient as all stores will be stocked up, but not fully on the release date. Please check with your stores for when they will have additional inventory. 
Please be advised the 2021 10 of Ancient Battles distribution being spread out in waves only applies to the America's territories. Um, we can talk about this a little bit more, but uh, the post itself is kind of the quick play news of the day. Uh, I do not think that there is truly any other quick play news that I can think of. Do either of you have anything? No, um, I'm just happy that Konami communicated it. It's quite rare of them to have that level of openness about what's going on behind the scenes and putting that out there is actually really good on them. I guess the only weird thing is I know House of Champs was saying stuff like um, EU initially thought that they were going to have it come in waves, but I guess they won't. So nice. Yeah. Um, announced the um, uh, M pen being an ultra promo for the sneak peek. True. Uh, yes. And they announced the official name for it. Fluanderies. Oh, dude, they must have. They must have got the same person. They they changed treat toads to uh, totally awesome to do this one. <laughs> I think that I they also that. had someone, or I think that they also had uh, fur hires. Originally had a much cooler name, didn't they? Um, uh, I don't know that one. I am not sure. Uh, what I will say is that I will not make the joke, and neither should either of you two. I want to know. I don't even know what joke you're talking <laughs> I don't about. I want to know what you're uh, talking okay, about. Okay, 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 okay. If you're listening, you know. These two are being very dense. Don't worry about it. Okay, I guess. <laughs> it has to do with the Boy. deeds. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It has to do with what? Uh, it flunderdies. <laughs> Yo, I'm Tony's, so lost right now. Tony's a boomer. Dylan and I know what's up. This is unreal. Extra yeah. vowels give it more speed, though, right? What are you even talking about? Fluanderies. Conversations. Okay, I think the reason yeah, they did this is probably because that's going to be how the names of the three like little birds play out. Flew, Wander, and, and Reese, but uh, okay. it is like admittedly long and silly. I mean, they ran out of cool names, I guess. So here we are. All right. Well, let's move on from quick play news into some. Of course, we have to shout out the ones that make this show go around, which is the patrons. I'm not going to say the only ones, it's all the listeners, it's, it's everybody. But Thank you so much for your financial support to Anthony Lilla, Owen Alvarado, Mountain Man, Aaron Gardner, Myth Oceanus, Ace Micah, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, Adil Saeed, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Austin Johnson. Thank you all, of course, so much for the support. It really means the world to us, and it did. I mean, it literally keeps the show running. So you you give us the ability to go through a different website to post because now we can afford to pay for a website to post to. So thank you for that. Of course, I also I also want to say follow our Twitter at Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Or no, at Top Cut Podcast. I'm sorry. Top Cut Podcast. I don't even know our own Twitter handle anymore. Uh, follow at Top Cut Podcast. You would have had our immediate reactions and thoughts to the the new the product delays announced by Konami, things of that sort. Uh, be sure to join our Discord where you can talk with the three of us as well as Caleb and 
pretty much anybody else uh, at any time. We're like almost 100 strong at this point, which I think is very cool. But, uh, you know, we're always looking to grow and we're always looking to have more people. So. Uh, so moving on into our more more of our main segment, um, we do have the full set list for OTS pack, tournament pack 17. Um, the three ultimate rares are number 39, Utopia, Infinite and Permanent, and Black Lesser Soldier, Soldier of Chaos. Of course, this means that uh, BLS will never have a reprint that anybody can actually afford. <laughs> it's a, this one was a, a huge step in a different direction compared to the last OTS pack. Yeah, yeah, it was. But to be fair, there's not really a ton of like super meta relevant cards that like okay so like last time they had Nerval, they had Zeta, they had like like cards that they could realistically like up rarity for certain strategies that are really difficult to do this time around because a lot of those cards are already in the mega tens. So like you know. Yeah, no um I think they, I just feel like they could have got something there. Like I think Ash needs a needs an ulti. Alright. Ash needs an ulti. <laughs> Ash that's needs, been Ash that's, needs that's been more in the, like the mist of <laughs> That's the mystique. I agree. I actually agree with Sunday on this. Ash needs to be like reprinted at common into the ground. Um yeah. this uh, OTS pack is actually I, I think a lot of people were clowning on it. I think it's a bit better than people give it credit for. Like it's kind of meh. But like you like uh Dylan was saying, there's a like the, the direction shift of like meta relevant cards being printed is not here. But like Yazi, Evil of the Yang Zing was getting kind of expensive. Painful Decision was getting kind of expensive. So Dragon okay, so I did. Reprint. I did do the ultimate rares. Let me run. Let me rattle off the supers and the commons real quick. That way people have a little bit more oh, content. Yeah, right. so, this yeah. I, was, I thought we were going to talk more about Utopia. I'm not gonna lie, but all right. Uh, <laughs> the super rares are Power Bond, the Great Emperor Penguin. That's a cool upgrade. Cyber Dragon Nova, Resonance Insect. Another cool upgrade. Flawless Perfection of the Tengi, Vessel for the Dragon Cycle, Penguin Brave, Scrap Raptor, another cool upgrade, Basil Rose Shoot, and Commons, Penguin Soldier, Outstanding Dog Marin, for some reason, Junk Synchron, Dark Samork, a very cool reprint because that card was actually low-key kind of expensive, TG Wonder Magician, Utopian Aura, Insector Dragonfly, Poggers, Number C39, Utopia Ray V, SZW Fenrir Sword, Yazi Evil of the Yang Zing, Painful Decision, Shaman of the Tenyi, and Tenyi Spirit Sahasrara. I want to bring something up. Yeah, you got it. The Dog Marin. I know why, and I love this. They're, they're Wait, why did like... Portugal get? Why did Portugal exclusively get ten extra cards? Oh wait, what? That's just how the Portuguese OTS packs work. Portugal has Reptilian Spawn, Reptilian Poison, Insector Hornet, Insector Sword, Zek Caliber, Insector Ladybug, Eco, Mystical Spear of the Forest, Chronomaly Golden Jet, Chronomaly Crystal Bones, Uniflora, Mystical Beast of the Forest, and Puny Penguin also. What? Why didn't we get those? That's wild. That's just how the Portuguese OTS packs work. Um, I'm going to Portugal, man. Also, yeah. Well, it's also part of the reason, I guess, some, I can bring this up now. Um, the, the other printing of Scrap Chimera that isn't Duelist Revolution, is is in the OTS pack, is in one of the old OTS packs, but only in the Portuguese one, not in any mm -hmm. of the other ones. Yes. So, 
Um, that's yeah. so that's part of why it's so expensive is because it was in an OTS pack and it got that reprint, but only in Portugal. So it's like basically impossible to find copies of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it does that, but uh, also I don't know why it was Scrap Raptor instead of Chimera. Like it's a cool rarity upgrade, but everybody has Scrap Raptor. Nobody has Scrap Chimera. Hey, Dylan, what were you saying about the Outstanding Dog Marin? Because I'm actually very curious about that one. They have a car coming out. I don't know if it's in Burst of Destiny or not, but you know what Outstanding Dog Marin does, right? Nope. Um, so when it's into the graveyard, it shuffles itself back into... Like when it's from the deck to the graveyard, it shuffles itself back into the deck. People were playing it in Infernoids a while back when they played Grass. Or not Grass, I think it was the uh, Reasoning Builds. Because they didn't want to deck out. Um, and... They're releasing the girl version of him. <laughs> That's basically it. I think she just searches him. That's kind of dumb. Yeah, I, I just knew that's probably why, though. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. I mean, that's a that's a terrible reason. Give give a scrap camera, honestly. That's the, so the two things that are sorely missing here, in my opinion, are scrap chimera and Quagar Hercules. Just glaring omissions. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, honestly, I can't think of any other cards that could have made this better. Yeah, like I don't know. Uh, I mean, there there may be a couple, like a couple random hand trap prints at Super or Common. I think would have been kind of awesome. Um, like imagine, like if there was an Ash Common in this OTS pack, that would instantly make this like one of the better OTS packs ever. Um, that's true. Like, but I mean, that's a Konami thing. I don't know. I feel like. This not including them here makes me think that Quagar Hercules and Scrap Chimera must be in some other reprint set, but I cannot. I, I it's Konami. We I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine Quagar Hercules getting the reprint as like a secret rare in Breton, uh Brothers of Legend? I that would kind of be baller actually, but I hope it's lower rarity than that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, pull it up to locals with your secret Quagar Hercules to get in the beard. <laughs> oh man, that hurt! That hurt. Yeah, we are talking about the same company that like turns structured X into uh, booster sets. Yeah, and I guess just to finish my yeah, that's true. I hate that so much. <laughs> and just just like to finish up with the that's probably also why Utopia is an ulti, by the way, is because that stuff is coming out in Brothers, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the set description that the Utopia stuff is coming in Brothers. I don't know. Like, there's some stuff in here that was like deceptively getting expensive. Like, obviously, Resonance Insect badly needed a reprint. Cyber Dragon Nova was only ever in the structure deck as an Ultra. Uh, Great Emperor Penguin was getting expensive, so having the Super is awesome. Uh, like, uh, the Tendi stuff is probably a prep for Sword Soul. And of note that we didn't mention on the set list is there is an empty space for a super rare token, and I think it would be really, really funny if this was the Sword Soul token and it came out before Bogue released. That would not be the first time that that's ever happened, right? Uh, I It might be. I want to say like, that OTS-15 other... had the... Dr- Dragon Spirit token or something like that. Oh, which I, uh, the dual dragon token. Yeah, for Dragon Lords. Hmm. That's I possible. I want to say that came out. It might have come out. I don't know. I don't know. There, you're right though. There is a spot missing there for a token. It will totally be a token for sure. 
So it's me um, silently hoping that one of these OTS packs we get a Phantasm City token. You say that I would. I think I would actually rather have the ten E token. <laughs> like I understand the allure of a of a uh, of a token for that, but like, yeah, now yeah. I think the uh, the Sword Soul token probably makes sense here. Actually, like even though it's coming out beforehand, yeah. it definitely makes sense. Is there any yeah, other? The, the is there anything else that we know of uh, besides Phantasm that could get a token? Um. Uh, do we have the Gearsu tokens? Yeah, we have the World Legacy tokens. Yeah, right? World Legacy. We do have World Legacy tokens for sure. Uh, I have no idea. I think obviously they're prepping really hard for uh, Sword Soul in this set anyway because of all the Tani reprints. So yeah, plus Yazi as well. Yeah, yeah, they know. I mean, they're not. They're pretty. <laughs> I don't want to say they're dumb, <laughs> but I also don't want to call them smart. So uh, you gotta give them credit. They know what they're doing sometimes. You have to give them credit. They know what they're doing sometimes. <laughs> Um, but that, that, that does transition us into, um, now that we know the contents of OTS 17 and we know the contents of the, um, we know the contents of the, uh, yeah, Megatons. That, that's the one I was looking for. I'm sorry. It's very late. I'm very tired. Um, now that we know the contents of both sets, let's talk for a minute about some stuff that we know is not going to be in those the stuff that we are like wait a minute why are these why do these not have an announced reprint yet what's going on here um i think that a couple obviously stand out right yeah for sure uh i mean no access code anywhere it's just uh, come on come on yeah the fact that it's not announced is like setting off some red flags for me because it could be in basically anything like they could like randomly reprint it in like in synchro storm they could randomly reprint it in grand creators they could put it in the gold series or they could put it in like brothers of legend or something but right. uh <laughs> we don't know where it is it's in an action what'd you say missing an action yeah, missing an action. That's exactly right. Um, what do we know? I mean, we already know that uh, Brothers of Legend is going to have Forbidden Droplet. Yep. But here's the thing to me. Can, consider it like this. Forbidden Droplet reprint is coming in Brothers of Legend. If they wait and they hold access code until Brothers of Legend or the Gold Series Eldorado... Which, at that point, you're talking about... I think those sets release within two to three weeks of each other. If they hold it till then, you're telling me that two cards that released at least three months apart in different core sets are going to get the reprint at the same time? Really? Seems kind of long, right? I think product delays kind of screwed them up a bit. Um... And as well, I believe El Dorado comes out November 18th for us. So El Dorado would at least be like a bit less egregious. But yeah. I think Brothers is slated for like January now. And that would suck real bad. 
Well, that's when the Forbidden Droplet is. I know that because they they already announced that for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, Access Code is probably going to be an Eldorado. If you want me to be honest, like, I like the alternate art theory that people have been putting out. Yeah, me too. Like Droplet's going to sell Brothers, um, and Same I mean Elige Elige Core is nice, but uh, I think they probably need some more things to bump up Eldorado. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I would definitely push that forward. Um, I think you can look back at other stuff that missed the tins this year to get ideas of what's coming for Eldorado. So, um, something else to note of cards that missed the tins. Um, I know a lot of people don't consider this a big deal because it's really not compared to others. Is Medolce Salon. Um, it was an ultra rare out of, I believe, Eternity Code. And it's around like almost $20, which I think is kind of wild. Um, and I think the reason that that missed the reprint in the tins is because they're probably looking to be able to reprint a bunch of Medolce cards at the same time. Yeah, that's true, I think. Uh, Konami has kind of like avoided reprinting a lot of Medolce cards until very recently. Uh, and they got expensive. Yeah. And even some of the ones that have been reprinted are like still expensive. Yeah, the so, Medolce Queen Tiaramisu, the commons are like 10 or 12 bucks. Yeah, I would love if they yeah. just like took all the expensive Medolce stuff and just printed it, made the deck accessible. It's super cool. Uh, if they made it like a budget option for people to play in the format, that'd be sick. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, I think the deck's really creative and really interesting. Um, I don't necessarily know that it's competitive on like a super meta level, but it is much better than people give it credit for. And as Caleb will tell you, coming f out of the blue at a tournament and surprising the people that don't know what it does, it can win games for sure. Well, there's Axel Benoit has topped like pretty much every RDIQ he's entered it. With yeah, top four though, at the Remote Duel YCS with it. Yeah. So I think it's like, uh, it's not like meta meta, but it's absolutely rogue playable. For sure. Um... Something else that missed the tins, uh, it was the entire Eldlich package is not there. Do we all agree that it'll just probably be in Max Gold Eldorado? Because it's you know, be. please, yeah. Be. <laughs> I mean, like, really and truly, like the only ones you really want to be reprinted or need to be reprinted is Eldlin and Eldlich, the the Gold Boy himself. Uh, everything it's, else uh, is pretty cheap. Eldlich or I mean, Black Awakening? Yeah. Okay. I, I just don't think they wouldn't do it because of the theme. Like, it just makes too much sense. And, like, um, yeah, it just, it just makes too much sense. <laughs> the one thing that is interesting you're thinking about, like, the, the Golden Lord reprint is that it does already have, a, like, a maximum gold style of print. So I wonder if we get a Golden Lord alt art here. Oh. Because then you could print it at gold and it would make sense. Yeah, that would be a good alt art, too. I, I truly do think. would love to see an alt art Golden Lord, maybe like off his throne, like doing something else. Who knows? Something else that they could do is since he already has a gold printing is they could just print him as like a rare. That would be nice. That would be super nice for I would be down with that, too. I mean, keep in mind, just because they print it as a rare and max gold doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be cheap, because if you look at even like totally awesome, the gold the gold rare printings are like 
four or five bucks. Yeah, that still drops it from like the twenty that it was before, which that's is like fair. Still pretty good. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, but I mean, if the whole Ad Emancipator package it can be in the tens, then like realistically, we know that the Eldritch reprints can come somewhere other than a full side set. You know. Um, totally agree. <clears throat> What's something that y'all think uh, we haven't seen any announcements for yet that we just absolutely, really, they really need to be reprinted very soon? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, Magician Souls, uh, Elemental Hero, like, your Evil Hero, Malicious Bane, and then a Dust of Gold. Where the hell are they? It's been like two years. What? Especially <laughs> what with the upcoming doing? hero support. Yeah, like that makes me think. Again, because they seem to really like their puns with with the gold prints, I, I feel like we might see a dusted gold in 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 El Dorado, but that might be copium, because if they just print gold and not Bane, it will be like the most Konami thing to have ever happened. Yeah, you're um, absolutely correct. I think it's disappointing that they didn't show Token Collector in the OTS pack. Oh, that's also a very, very good catch. Token Collector is going to be an amazing side deck card looking forward. Uh, uh, going like into a post bode format. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the other stuff you mentioned in chat was like Verte Anaconda and Dragoon. People are going to need Verte for uh, Burst of Destiny stuff. And I don't know if Konami wants to like keep it that expensive before uh the other stuff comes out so i think we could see like dual overload reprints like uh el dorado could have verte halk yeah that'd be pretty sick yeah because i Hulk it's really like 40 bucks for no reason it's really interesting to me that um that they did not hit dragoon on the list to push Phoenix, destroy Phoenix Enforcer. I think maybe they think it's just a better card, so less people are playing Dragoon anyway. I, I don't know. Um, I think they're they're just they're gonna cash in on the reprints. Like, uh, they're gonna mm. they're gonna hit Verte or Dragoon. They're gonna cash in on the reprints. Yeah, it would it would promote destroy Phoenix Enforcer. But Dylan, I, your mic is going crazy. Is really okay. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I, I think you're going to try to. I think you're going to try to cash out first. I mean, it, the, the lack of announcement on Access Code Talker drove a ton of ban list speculation. Like close to the list, a lot of people actually thought Access Code might just get banned, and they were going to be like, "Screw it, we're not reprinting this." You, nobody gets to have access. We're just gonna ban it. <laughs> I don't they, they think will that. I don't think that Konami wants to ban a generic Link Four just off the power level of a single card. Similar to how they didn't ban Borosaur and they haven't banned Appaloosa, I don't think they have any desire to ban a generic Link Four. Uh, just because it ends games. Because realistically, no. like there are ways to play around it. You can. Activate Imperm or Effect Veiler on resolution of its first effect and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I I mostly say it just because the lack of announcement drives that kind of speculation. So it makes the market really weird when Konami is like, hey, there's this card that's really expensive and it's been out for a while and people really want it, but we're not going to tell you when it's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. To continue what I was saying, like before my mic, like whatever. Uh, I think that obviously at this point, that, uh, Destroy Phoenix Enforcer is coming out. Uh, they're not going to hit Verte. I always thought they were, but they're not going to do it. Verte's going to stay. They're going to they're going to ban Dragoon. Um, but I think they're going to have to reprint it first. And I think what they're what they're honestly trying to do is like if you really look at it, like nothing changes. For, oh, Skyhawk just dipped. Oh, is he gone? Yeah, he can rejoin. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a situation where, like, they have this meta-impactful set coming out, right? But then you still have these other decks that, honestly, like, Drytron and Tri-Brigade are better than, like, anything coming out of um, Bode, in my opinion. Um, so, like, if they if they let this format ride, this set comes out, and people know it's going to be good, so it's going to sell, right? But right. It, the 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 singles won't be as expensive off bat. It's like people will have time to pick up the sword souls. They'll have time to pick up flunderies. They'll have time to pick up the new um, uh, the B trooper support that comes out. Obviously, to be honest, it's going to be pretty good. Um, and then what's up? We assume it'll be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like to be honest with you, they they had a really good head start. Uh, it's it's yeah. probably one of the best head starts since like. Uh, Spiral. Um, it's, honestly, it's like a better head start than Spiral was, actually. Spiral got really good when it got that one single card, and it wasn't nearly as good before. This deck can actually do stuff right now. Um, yeah. But my whole point is, like, I think what they're trying to attempt to do is make this set come out cheap, uh, single-wise, uh, secondary market-wise, and let people get rewarded for picking these decks up early. And then, right. like, come to change next ban list, uh, take this all away from us that we have right now. Right. So, the idea with Destroy Phoenix Enforcer is the same. Um, they might not be wanting to try and push it just yet, but... If we get... A, if, if I'm huffing the copium hard enough, and we get a Dusted Gold and Malicious Bane... Maybe it's an opportunity to reprint stuff like Dasher and Celestia. Wait, no, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Let me let me sell my all my dashers first. I've got like five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slow down here. It should be that way sometimes. I I advocate for the people, Sonny. I I, I, I put a lot of work into going through all my bulk and finding all those dashers, okay? <laughs> I was a fair card. Whoa. Okay, so <laughs> let's get back on topic here. <laughs> Before this turns into a giant debate that we were not expecting. Because <laughs> that they, we, there are some disagreeing opinions here on that. So... I, I can't crunch. <laughs> wait, what? I said I, I can't crunch. <laughs> I think that there's a, something else to be said. Uh, like, we, all, we agree that Quagar Hercules and... Uh, Scrap Chimera both need reprints desperately. 
really badly. Yeah, uh, but those have already been talked about to death. Um, they are pretty much necessary for their respective decks. They Scrap Chromera is literally necessary if you're playing the Scrap Engine in Dinos, and Quagar is the superior uh, way to play um, the B deck, in my opinion. I, I think that the deck, it just makes the deck better. It's a free extender. But, um, yeah, and I, I would also hazard to extend that, like, desperately needs reprints to basically any of the ready fusion targets. Like, the zombie ones need reprints, the um, the plant one and the rock one need the reprints. zombie the ones are not too like, bad. The zombie ones are not too bad because the zombie one, there is a speed duel target. Um, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mammoth one that looks like it's a fusion of mammoth graveyard, but literally doesn't have it as a material. Um, that one is was reprinted in the Speed Duel Battle City box as common, and it is very, very cheap. Maybe we'll get some of those in the GX box, and that's where they're going to be. Oh, that's that's a good, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Like no lie, that's that's. That's a very good point. Um, because there there are uh I mean there are some I think it's the the fish one is kind of expensive too, right? Uh rare fish, yes. Uh Mobilis is still expensive too, I think. It's like the winged beast one. Uh, yeah, and there's also the dinosaur one, I believe, is not exactly cheap. The fiend one is really expensive. The fiend one is like twenty bucks. Yeah. A lot of them only got have like one printing in Old OTS packs. Yeah, or like turbo packs if you go back far enough. The rock one is actually getting a bit expensive because Ad Emancipator has started playing it as like a rock extender. The turbo packs, that's what I'm thinking of. It's old turbo packs. Yeah. Or no, no, uh, astral packs, astral packs. AP. <laughs> it's it's kind of all of them. Oh, there's some OTS, there's some astral, and there's some turbo. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure the the Quagar, one of the Quagar Prince's turbo pack. No, no, it's two. It's TP1 and TP3 tournament pack. Uh, original. The old tournament old. pack. Yeah, no, that, that's why it's so expensive, because it was only at one printing as a super rare in tournament pack one, and one printing as a rare in tournament pack three, and that's it. That's a, that's a horrifying... I'm literally checking it out on Canadian TCG Player right now, and there are straight up no copies. They don't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's sold out because it's it's. I mean, it's just a superior way to play the deck. It is the correct way. Wait, (laughs) we're not getting any like reprint product between now and and Burst of Destiny release, right? Um, because Eldorado is after, right? That is correct. You're telling me me that B Troopers get their new wave of support and they could be insane, and we don't have a Quagar Hercules reprint. To be fair, there are listings on TCG Player in America. Ooh. <laughs> There's 18 TP3 listings. Um, it's only $80 for light play. Come on. Ah, yes. Good. $80 for a light play rare. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> realistically look. see them like putting like the ready fusion targets like multiple at a time in side sets. Like, um, yeah, I mean, makes, a lot of them are DM time. error, like error cards, mm-hmm. like LOB. Um, I, I, I can see them just like jamming them in like multiples at a time. Yeah, true. The only other one that I think really, um, 
really needs talking about is obviously uh, the BLS reprint. We talked about it. The ultimate rare. This is a travesty. Now he's got an ulti, a ghost, and a secret rare original print that's like 130 still uh, for for no for no reason really. Uh, this card could get reprinted at uh, ultra or super and. It would be fine, and it wouldn't even be that crazy because the card's like good, but like access code is better. So, uh, yeah, I I hate uh, they did the same thing with Firewall too, right? Where they're like, yeah, yeah. so we're gonna rot of the card, but and like have updated we'll text. But if you want to play yeah. the updated text, you have to get a ghost or an ulti. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that really absolutely needs a reprint. Uh, we need some reprints of some staples. I mean, Matt, uh, Ash Blossom, we're talking about $20 for the commons. Uh, yeah, Nibiru's are 15 for the gold and 18 for the secret. Of course, the ultis are like 130 but, you know, if we're talking about affordability, we're not talking about the ulti. Um, yep. I mean, just, I think Ghost Bells are like 8 9 bucks. Uh Contact Whoa. C, even. Even Contact C is like a six eight buck six or eight dollar card so uh there's a lot to be said huh common drolls are like 12 oh yeah yeah droll is another great great one i remember like back in the gap dude like i had discovered droll like it was uh coming into 2016 i think and it was it was literally fifty cents on the dollar. Like it was it was a very cheap card, and I, I would just pick them up. I would just pick them up every time I was gonna trade. I get people to throw on top, and like I, I remember I had like a whole binder, but I ended up selling my collection a while back before it like blew up like this. But I just think if I still had that binder. <laughs> okay, so yeah. going back to the like just as the last thing on reprint stuff that I have, uh, uh-huh. I think one excellent stopgap solution to the problem of like ash getting printed being five dollars for two weeks and then every copy being 20 is they were actually like relatively cheap for a little while when maximum gold came out for those gold rares right so let's say for el dorado they print all the same hand traps but they do it at the rare slot instead of the gold rare slot that would be really really good um like, Consider this imagine though. What that would do. The structure deck common Ash Blossom is nineteen dollars though. So insane. Printed in every structure deck. Just turn it into effect veiler. Honestly. Uh, Next MST. Torrential yeah. tribute. Torrential tribute has twenty two list uh, printings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not as many as MST. I think MST, MST probably has thirty plus, but still. Yeah. MST takes the cake on uh, that one. Torrentials are still like two dollars for a common. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that needs reprinting. Konami, listen to us. Do your thing, please. Wait, no, don't do your thing. Do your thing is never reprinting those cards. Uh, print them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 has do no no, I have none. Uh, I do want to take a minute, though, to talk about something I do have faith in, which is our sponsor, ETB Games. ETB Games Yay. is Enter the Battlefield Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our sponsor for the podcast, as well as uh, good friends of ours. Uh, we go there all the time, even when we're just playtesting, we're just hanging out. Uh, it's honestly just a great meet- meeting spot, a great gathering spot. 
Uh, it is where we, they do their ETB Battle City Days, which I think they just selected the date for the next one, which is what day, Dylan? Uh, he didn't. He did not select the day for it. Never mind. I'm wrong. He has not quite selected a day, but as soon as that is selected, we will announce it because there is actually quite a few people that listen to the podcast that were close enough to actually attend. So, um, if you would like to attend, me and Caleb will be there. We will be doing a live recording. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Please be sure to come and check us out. Please, I mean, come hang out. Just come be there. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the people. Um, there's lots of good restaurants right around. So uh, if we all want to go out and get food after, I'm game. Let's go. Come on. Uh, everybody, please check out ETB Games. Their link is in our description below. They have everything you need for all of your card game needs. They have Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. Uh, they have... Uh, Pokemon, Digimon, I think they even do still do some card fight, card fight Vanguard. Uh, please be sure to check them out. They are really a wonderful, wonderful location, a wonderful shop, great people. Uh, so be sure to check them out. So uh, moving on into our next piece, though, I do want to have a bit of discussion about uh, the format looking forward. So we just had the ban list, obviously. We just had uh, what has been a very, very long format from uh, probably we've had the same format for um, beginning of June all the way now through uh, it'll basically it'll last until uh, Burst of Destiny comes out in the middle of October, late October. Uh, And then realistically, the same decks that are relevant now because of a underwhelming ban list, the same decks are still going to be the best decks or at least very good through January. So we're looking at what I would call eternal format two in a lot of ways. Um, but looking at that, I want to break this up into two segments, which one is the format from the ban list of October 1st for three weeks until Burst of Destiny releases, and then the format from Burst of Destiny until the next ban list. Because realistically, we're going to have two very, very different formats within this one format. Because when Burst releases, the game changes. Um, For better or worse, the game changes. And if somebody is caught unawares and is not ready for those changes... Um, they're going to be in for a very rude awakening as, as far as meta play is concerned. So, but looking at the first part of it, which is bandless to burst, what are we expecting to see? What, what are we looking at going forward? Um, bandless to burst. Maybe you go on this, you go on this, Dylan. Okay. Uh, I've, I've looked at, like thought about this a lot. Obviously, as I think all we we all had. Um, but I don't think the format actually changed that much. I do think uh, Prank Kids has moved down a slot, and that's going to allow like um, I think Phantom Lights and Virtual World will be comp- competing for that spot. Um, the format's still just as wide open as it is. Uh, the two best decks are still Dryatron and Tri Brigade. Um, I think the side decks change a lot more now because the side decking for Drytron is a lot different. I mean, you still want to attempt to stop them from starting their board, um, but also Dark Ruler No More and uh, Forbidden Droplet have a better effect because of no double orange 
double diviner in hand um a lot of times um i think uh because of the presence of uh fam nights and virtual world coming up um and Tribrigate also being in the format that Artifact Lancia will probably see a, a pretty firm staple slot in the a side deck. Um, but for the most part, I think that's really what changed is the, the makeup of the side decks um, and what can be considered like more effective now and uh, versatile towards... Uh, bunch of matchups because of how wide the format is yeah i think i agree with that uh i think the one dimension that is maybe under discussed i think i think you're right in like in terms of like a direct meta shifts side decks change prank kids has dropped a bit vw and pk get to move up a bit uh i think dragon link probably occupies space somewhere depending on what people decide to play in their main decks to combat it uh like i think like in a previous episode i argued dragon link might be the best deck post list that's still probably true but tribegate actually looks a lot more solid than i thought it might have been uh i think the one thing that's like the elephant in the room that we're not gonna know how it impacts the format until it actually happens and we see it in practice is crossout designator uh i think there's a whole list of decks that crossout gives the potential to move into the metagame just because it allowed like the presence of that card itself uh, allows uh, a lot more games to be won in a three game match than would have not been otherwise for those decks. Uh, the main ones are Infernoble. I'm terrified of Infernoble with Crossout. I think like if somebody figures out the exact ratios to play Crossout in that deck, it is going to be a horrifying force. Uh, Dinosaur is able to play deceptively. Salomon Great is actually much better. With the release of crossout especially like if stuff like vw becomes more playable and and dragon link uh, nibiru might start to creep back into into decks and that makes salad with crossout really strong because they can be much more resilient to that and still have a ton of non-engine space for hand traps i also think at ignister is something to watch because they can play crossout and also have a bunch of non-engine space still they already were able to play like 18 hand traps. Now they just play 15 and three cross out and their turn one is way more insulated. So I think the meta as it stands, like in terms of where those decks sit, isn't going to change. But I think a lot of decks can come in provided that cross out pans out how we think it will. That's my take. Definitely agree. I think there's going to be a lot of interplay um, with that too. Yep. I mean, uh, for me playing Drytron, and it might not be the same for everybody, but I've come to like the idea that the only hand traps I play in my my drytron list are uh, I play three orange obviously, but I only play three in perm because of Appaloosa, and I've kind of come to the conclusion against Tribrigate if I have the in perm because of um, crossout existing, you actually have to just wait until they're in phase because they're more most likely going to set the crossout. Um, to imperm the Appaloosa, um, I think there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of interplay uh, yeah, with like that, that specifically. I totally agree. Um, like That's also be weird, weird stuff. Yeah, uh, I think that just the deck builds because, like, with Drytron, it's like to be honest with you, I can play through multiple hand traps anyway. So, like, do I really need to play Crossout? Uh, does yeah. Tribrigade need to play Crossout? I think Tribrigade does. I think Imperm hurts the deck Tri enough. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Tron doesn't have as much space, and it's not hurt as badly by, like, Imperm on Muveda. Right. But no, it'll definitely help Dex uh, get better um, and win more, like you said, for sure. I do think that there is a certain amount of cross-out impacting the meta, but um, just circling back around... uh, well, no, crossout, I guess crossout's the 10, so I guess that is relevant before burst. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess it does impact the meta, but I don't know that it... It does elevate certain decks, but I don't know that it does that as much as it... Uh, I don't know that it, it elevates the weaker decks as much as it also elevates the good decks, are the decks that are already good, you know? I don't know. I think the only deck that's already good that really has the space to play it effectively is like Tri Brigade. Prank is maybe can, but I don't know if they even want to, to be honest. Uh, I, I I think I, I agree that it is a question of how big an impact it has, because it, it's good. That's why I like I, when I sent the list of decks I thought were going to be good. I put those in like the question mark category because I think Crossout has the potential to push them, but it also could just fall flat. If it turns out Crossout actually is only just okay and nobody can figure out the right way to build to make it work. So I agree that it is completely dependent on format dynamics, but I'm basically just arguing that it's possible that they get catapulted. The I think the issue with Crossout in this format specifically is I feel like hand traps that you play in your deck depend on what deck you're playing. Like it used to be like yeah. everybody just played three ash in their deck, right? So like it'd be an easy target just to put three ash in your deck as a cross, like playing cross out. But it's like, you know, yeah, sure, Tri Brigade might be playing ash, but like I know I'm not playing ash in Drytron. I know, um, like certain decks just don't play like certain hand traps. Is what I'm saying, and like, um. I don't know. I think, like you said, it would have to be a deck that just it knew specifically. Like it has, it, it, there's a hand trap that hurts it specifically that every deck plays. Like Tri Brigade, like I was saying a second ago, is like Imperm. Imperm hurts the deck. They play Imperm already, um, and it just it just makes sense for them to slot it in because it just it just fits so well. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I just it definitely will impact the meta. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying like. I think it's a little bit more like dynamic there than anything. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be the big hammer force coming in to dominate the meta. Like I think everybody reacted with initially. I think For the card sure. is still annoying, but it's it's going to make cause a lot of like subtle movements. Yeah, which is going to be fun. Like the next two months are going to be like little shifts in builds, little shifts in how to play, little shifts in people setting cross out or keeping it in hand. Like it's that's. That's, there will be a certain amount of feeling the card out. Yeah. For sure. Um, so we're, we're expecting a lot of the same things as far as uh, ban list to burst. Uh, we're expecting Tri-Brigade, Drytron, VW, and what were the other decks? Uh, Prankids, uh, Invoked Dogma, Shadow. Are we still, are we still really expecting Prankids? Yes. Is it worth fighting for still? Uh, it's a lot easier to just play through, so you don't have to side for it as aggressively, because 
I think Prank Kids is actually still really good. The deck is still extremely consistent at its game plan. If they decide to play Cross Out, they might be like more resilient as well. Basically, what the Meow to one hit does is it forces you like them to either give up their recovery or to give up a butler activation, right? So right. if they give up their recovery and you only have to play through one butler activation, um, that's pretty much what they got aside from hand traps or maybe if they rip like a there can be only one or something. So it, in, it's it's inherently easier to play through if they do that. And on the flip side, if they go for two butler activations and you play through it, you probably win because you don't know how many cards they have in hand or if they can continue to play without a poly. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Is- are, are we, if the deck is that easy to play through, are we, I mean, if the, if the deck is impacted that seriously, are we really expecting the deck with zero follow through to be a, a serious meta contender and a serious meta threat? I think it becomes one of those decks where it's like, um, you have hand traps in your side deck that uh, impact multiple matchups, and I think it's one of those those decks that you kind of, yeah, these work in this matchup. I have these. I don't really need to like specifically side for this deck. These just happen to work here, and they'll be good enough. I think the deck goes to a a like you said a uh, there can only be one style play uh, in playing that card. I think it also goes into right. really hard trying to make a rank four with the butler. Like yeah, I think people will attack more Xseed. Yeah. What about... Uh, so what... Assuming we see the three main decks from last format, as well as VW, Dragon Link, and probably Phantom Knights, what are we looking at as far as the side deck uh, for the next month or so? Some just Some cards that you expect are going to be more relevant in people's side decks. People that... Cards that will see a, an uptick and rise in side deck usage. Okay, I have a hot take here. I think people Before. might start playing chaos. Yeah, of course I do. Uh, I think people might start playing Chaos Hunter over stuff like Lancia because of Crossout. Chaos Hunter's um, rough. Yeah. Uh, chaos Hunter has the disadvantage that somebody mid-combo can remove it, but there are a lot of decks right now that are totally fine discarding a card or even are like real fine discarding a card. And I think Chaos Hunter is way less going to be a target for Crossout. Plus, if you summon Chaos Hunter, you can't cross out Chaos Hunter, but you can cross out Alancia. So I think you might start seeing some Chaos Hunter, but you'll also probably see more Alancia. For those that don't know, Chaos Hunter says, when your opponent special summons a monster, you can discard one card to special summon this card from your hand. Your opponent cannot remove cards from play. It is a level 7, 2500 attack point monster. That can be brutal. Yeah. Cause it's a is it an activated effect or a summoning condition? I might have been you might be able to cross out it. Uh it's an activated effect. Uh, oh, it is an activated effect. Okay, so you could still cross out Chaos Hunter, but a Chaos Hunter would be like a crummy target to play for cross out. Yeah, no, that that'd be interesting. Um Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think a lot of the uh again, like I don't know how if cross out banishes for cost, but I really like the idea of interplay. Like, and how, like, things work out. But, like, if it does banish your cost, it doesn't work. But, like, um, because of how Lancia is, you can, like, pair it with another hand trap and just, like, certain decks just turn off their turn. Um, not having, like, a trigger for Lancia, just being able to activate it. Uh, but no, that's, that's definitely really cool. Um, it's a cool idea. Crossout does not banish for cost. Okay, so then if, if you Lancia in response, then it 
doesn't actually resolve. Mm -hmm. Correct. Lancia might become kind of like Bell against Tri Brigade, where if you only have it, it sucks. But if you have it with the second hand draft, for sure. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lancia is actually like sneakily probably the best counter to uh, cross out. No, Sonny, don't you know? It's Engraver of the Mark. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. That's five frame Delta. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> if they activate Nerval and you, and you go Imperm, right? And they chain cross out and then you Engraver of the Mark call Nerval... Doesn't negate all their nerve all effects everywhere. <laughs> okay, um, wait. Do this. Break this no, down no, into chain links. Wait. Say it again, but in chain link group form. Nerve all chain link like... one. Nerve all chain link one. Uh, imperm chain link two. Cross out chain link three. Chain link four. Engraver of the mark calling nerve all. So the card they declared is nerve all. So the banish nerve all. Does it negate their nerve all engrave too? This is so interesting to me. I'm telling you this card's going to be fun. <laughs> okay, okay. Chainlink 1, Nerval on field. Chainlink 2, Imperm, in response to Nerval. Why would they... Why would you do Chainlink 3, Cross Out, Banish, Nerval? Don't you mean Cross Out, Banish, Imperm? Right. Well, no, because cross out, cross out does not banish your cost. So if you engraver the mark, you can declare the name for them. And they have to banish a nerve all, which negates all the nerve alls, right? I'm just, I'm just. Oh, idea. declare what other card name? Yeah, I declare, see what you're saying. Declare one of the card funny. names on board. <laughs> Big brain. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the exact test of cross out? Cross out does. I think it. I think it would negate the graveyard effects of nerve all. Uh, oh no. Uh, negate its effects as the activated text effects of, on the field. No, yeah, you're right. The graveyard effect, I think, would still work. That's oh, would it fun. still work? Yeah, because crossout is crossout only is on the field, right? Or no, it, it negates hand traps, so it shouldn't be only on the field. Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, it's, I have the exact text like, for crossout. Declare oh, one sorry. card name, semicolon, banish one of that declared card from your yeah. main deck, and if you do, well negate its effect. Effects. And the effects on the field yeah. of cards of the same original name, yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I keep getting off track, guys. So, yeah, I'm pretty tired it. right now. <laughs> it, it's okay. We're all pretty tired. Negate. Yeah, it would negate the graveyard effects. I am. Yeah. I am. I have misread. As We're capping. We're capping. So, um, so okay. So, we expect to see more Lancia. We expect to see more Nibiru, probably. Probably. I mean, Nibiru hurts other decks that are coming up to be more prevalent in the format a lot. It, they hurt BK a lot. They hurt Virtual World a lot. Uh, what else? Um, why, well, Dragon I say they hurt, they hurt Virtual World. Virtual World is more than capable of making a Crystal Wing in less than five summons. Yeah, but they also do open hands that don't. So, like... Fair. They sometimes can get burned. Fair. So, no more Nibiru, no more Lancia. Be careful of Crossout Designator. Um. Yeah, I think that's good advice. 
Uh, and then moving to a post bode format, but from this time from bode to the next ban list. Uh, what are we expecting to see? How are we expecting bode to impact the what will be an established meta? Uh, I think DPE has a bigger impact than anything else, honestly. Um, I think Sword Soul TCG side is a bit overhyped. I think it's more fragile than it gets credit for. Uh, especially in a, in how like the TCG formats function over the OCG, I think the deck will be good. It'll like it'll be represented, but I don't think it's like a a, a tier instant tier one super threat. Uh, especially because we'll we'll have to wait. Oh no, we won't because they release close to the same time. But like one of the main payoffs for that deck is the Chevalier de Fleur. But there are so many ways to stop that from happening that I think I think that deck doesn't really start to put its legs on until we get Brave Token Engine, and then then we then we're, then we're opening a whole other can of worms. Uh, Brave Tokens Flunder are coming okay. in Grand Creators, right? Yeah, and that's not going to be January for a hot minute. Yeah, uh, I think Flunder is okay. I think it's playable, uh, and I think Crossout also kind of helps it, depending on how you want to play the deck. But it has consistency problems. Uh, and it does have like very crippling weaknesses to Imperman Baylor if you don't open like a Book of Moon. So I think it will be good, but not like that good. I think I think Destiny Hero Phoenix Enforcer is is the biggest impact because it puts like another deck in the meta. Like if you hero setups with like you're with Dark Cloud DPE and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but as a generic artifact scythe enabler, I think it might be a bit problematic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, so what about um, what about some rogue decks coming out in the near future? Because uh, there are there is some Flunderies support coming. Flunderies is better than most people give it credit for, in my opinion. Not not even Tri Brigade, uh, just pure Flunderies. What are we thinking about something like that? I think, I think uh, it's playable. I've been saying Flunderies. I'm so sorry, Lyrilisk. That's what I meant to say. Oh, what the sounds like what? <laughs> Listen, it's late. I'm tired. The Leerless Kixies monster is actually kind of cracked. <laughs> yeah, that card is a little wonky. I'm of opinion I, that new Leerless cards are actually kind of, uh, kind of, kind of lit. Definitely think it's going to be like you just said, like a rogue tender. Uh, that draw, pay 600. A pot of greed spell is pretty good, though. Pretty good? That's pretty good. I think pretty good is a very conservative statement. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely is a very conservative statement. But, like, just to say, you do have to be able to play the game before you can activate it, too. Obligatory. Uh, I do think a couple of interesting decks start to get more playable when Chevalier de Fleur releases. Uh, it gives Synchron something else that they can end on. Uh, and it actually gives Speedroid some really interesting tools. I think we might start to see like Wind Combo Pile be quite playable uh, in like a Rogue Combo deck sense. So keep on, keep an eye out for that. Uh, the Speedroid support is really cool. Uh, and Chevalier de Fleur is again like just a, a much better payoff than they've had for quite a long time. Uh, I will say in Burst of Destiny, we are getting Royal Penguin's Garden. So keep an eye out for Fluffle Shenanigans, because we can use that to search. Uh-oh. Uh, but <laughs> story for another time, maybe. But uh, I yeah, I think like the top level meta doesn't change much, but the tech everyone is playing changes, and there are definitely a couple decks that could sneak in. 
And I mean, Sword Soul does change the dynamic. People will start playing like Nib and Token Collector and other random stuff to deal with it. And Here's some playable. What's not. Yeah, I have two decks in particular that I want to talk about that I think are very, very interesting decks. They both have some traction within our within our server and within our community. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is the Live Twin deck. The Link Four oh, makes that deck very playable. Very, very good. I mean, I'm not gonna say very good, but it makes it very playable. It's kind of rank playable right now. I've seen some people one tricking it. It's kind of a crazy advantage engine. I feel like some good players could push it. Yeah, like multiple sources say this deck is gonna be tier one for some reason. I don't necessarily. No, I don't think I agree. Mm. But one thing you could tell if Pack is pilled on something, it there's a, there's a reasonable chance it's playable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, player. He has said that it. about like eight different decks in the last week. They're all pretty good, though. Yeah, he's not. I think I personally think Pax is the best player right now. If you want to be honest, so I disagree. I, I think I don't think any I don't think anybody would crucify you. Disagree with everything, Sonny. Uh, I don't think anybody would uh, crucify you for that take. I think Pack is a pretty talented. Player. I don't think it's a bad take at all. I think Pack is an extremely good player with it, and his fingers very, very on the pulse of the game. Uh, I think it's Raphael Nevin, though. Oh, mm, that that would be the other good argument I think you could make. That's the other, like, that's the other good. That's the other good pick. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Nevin having the um, not only very, very, very recent success, but he's got success over the last like several years of play. Uh, I think that uh, pool of uh, what's what I'm looking for, that experience pool kind of sets him above. I, that is not to say that I think Pack is a bad player at all. Uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, I think Pack is easily in the top three to five in the game at the moment. But I do think that Nevin is probably the best player in the game at this exact moment. Although Pack is far more impactful in the game, if that makes any sense. I guess the difference here is like him having a YouTube channel, but I think we're like we get a little bit off topic, but that's not bad, I guess, right? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's yeah. uh, every I think every um, what's what I'm looking for every every time we get off topic, it's still like very good and relevant information so because like realistically somebody could hear what we're saying right now and then they might go start if they if they're not already watching or listening to what pack is saying on twitch and youtube uh that's another good piece of reference material for them to you know have um same thing with Raphael nevin they can find his stuff actually most of his deck profiles are on tatsum's channel but you can find that information now uh, so e even if it's not like exactly relevant to what we're talking about, I think that it is, um, worth bringing up and worth mentioning. So. Yeah, yeah. sure. For sure. That's a good point. Um, the other deck outside of live twin that I wanted to talk about though, is heroes. I think heroes are actually very competent. If not, if, if not 
the issue with my to me with that deck is not even the deck itself. It's that it's kind of a big brain deck from what I understand these days. It's kind of like uh, convoluted. Uh, the biggest issue with the deck, of course, being um, the price point, which is like to have a competent deck, you, you're looking at like a thousand dollars. But I mean, the payoff is good. You end on a very imposing board of a very big Nibiru token. So, I mean, there's payoff, but you okay there, Dylan? That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> oh, it's the whole, it's the Salaman great combo chart, right? Where yeah. It's, uh, it's all the lines and they all lead to the nib token. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same chart. Um, but honestly, the deck is actually very good. So, um, how, how do we feel about that deck post bode? Uh, the thing that's been holding Hero back mostly is that, like, it, first turn, it, it has, like, access to Floodgates, but it hasn't ever had, like, very reliable access to Disruption, right? Right. This is the first time it's had access to, like, real Disruption and not, like, dystopia setups for, for a single pop. This is, like, right. the recursive engine you can do that also lets you, like zip through other stuff and and get to like dark law plasma and recycle your maliciouses and spam a bit more and 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 dig through your deck a bit more right um yeah so i think i think this will be interesting to see if if this is what finally like puts it back in the meta because before like there was like that brief stint where hero was meta playable a couple years back like closer i think to like ferris increases like peak in popularity with with that package and people like manning judgments and stuff and using that as disruptions but i mean dark law is still cracked as hell and if dpe has is, is enough of an impact to let it stick then it'll definitely stick but we'll have to see if i will say this uh if the deck wasn't so ridiculously expensive because of the dusted gold malicious bane unnecessarily expensive liquid soldiers the ferrises oh, i forgot about liquid that's pricey now too liquids are like 50 bucks 50 or 60 bucks Ugh. at least yeah if, if it wasn't for all of that being actually really expensive uh that would actually be my deck of choice heading into the next format the post boat format because i think it's fun god it's, yeah it's it's like 60 dollars here in canada Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the card is like actually really expensive. It's I'm looking at it right now. A light play first head is sixty USD. Legendary duelist, magical hero, man, gotta love it. Yeah, Matt, Matt, that's like the most crack set ever, as far as value, anyway. Yeah, magician souls sold out for like 150 bucks Canadian. The dark magicians, the dark magicians is went from like nothing to like 75 bucks. Why? Don't remind me. Don't remind me. The I picked one up. support. Soul servant is like oh, you bat the uh, battle of chaos. Yeah. Magician support. So dumb, dude. Like I'm not gonna lie. I had th I picked up three magician souls at about eighty bucks a piece. Offloaded them for ninety piece because I thought they were gonna get a reprint last year. And it just hasn't happened. I, I literally thought they were going to get a reprint in either an upcoming Legendary Duelist set or like maybe the March reprint set, something like that. 
Yeah. I offloaded them in like December, January. Nope. I, I keep telling myself they have to reprint it sometime before Battles of Chaos. I will keep telling myself that until it doesn't happen and I'm sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, like thinking that they'll ever reprint these cards might, I mean, these are it these cards, cards are these cards literally just uh on the on like the Yu-Gi-Oh reserve list now? The Oh, that's we're getting into Milano territory there. Ooh. I think we could do that one. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I really don't want to have the reserve list conversation with you because I know I know you're gonna do your devil's advocate thing. I, I don't want to do this right now. No, actually, that goes against my beliefs. That's I'm all the way against a Yu Gi Oh reserve list of any all kind. Right, all right, okay, good. We're, we're we're on the same page then. Dylan, however, no, I'm definitely yeah. against it. It only works. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nifty to see it in another card game. I don't want it in mine though. Yeah, no, and to be fair, the only reason to have that is because of a, a legal obligation, and they could get sued for like promissory estoppel or some shit. My bad. So wait, they could get sued for what? Uh, I'm not, I might be pronouncing that incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. No, you got it oh. right. It's 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 a uh, promissory estoppel. Uh, I I know that from uh, insurance stuff. It's basically like. Uh, people paid into it for a specific reason. Uh, so promissory estoppel in contract law is when a party can recover on the basis of a promise made when the reliance on that promise was reasonable, but people like um, attempt to detrimentally recover uh, and rely on that promise. So that's, that is a form of contract breach and it's promissory estoppel. The more you so know, because Wizards of the Coast said, we will never reprint these cards again. Yes. Just they verbally said it out loud at some point. Yeah, they and then they were like, "We're thinking about reprinting them." And some guy was like, "Whoa, I'll sue you." Yep. Basically, I I forget exactly what it was. Um, like it, it's to the point where like Black Lotus, they couldn't even reprint a token of it. Um, like they printed a card that creates a Black Lotus token, but they couldn't make the token. <laughs> Yep, it's, it's kind of wild. That's actually obscene. I'm so glad we don't have that. Anyway, uh, any any other thoughts y'all have about uh, post Bode Mitigan? Um, I think moving into the next ban list season, uh, we will be looking at an extremely mid rangey format, and we'll be looking at a time in the game where I, I truly do believe. Uh, going into the next ban list, we will be looking at a very unprecedented situation of people saying, do, do we really need a ban list at this time? Yeah, I feel like... But we will this... get a ban list. I feel like... We will get one. Oh, we're going to um, get one. But do we, are, we gonna, I mean, are we really going to need one? I mean, the format at that point, in theory, should be extremely healthy with an in- incredibly diverse... Uh, pool of options that are playable, right? The pool of options will be very diverse. Like I think, you know, I th- I thought the format wasn't going to change at burst. Um, and I, I don't think the decks that are good right now won't be good after burst. I don't think they're going to push anything out. I think there's just going to be more options that you can play. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. think uh, things coming out of burst will be viable options to actually like compete and do well with. Uh, I think what's going to happen though. 
come next ban list is that you're gonna see Dryatron and um Tribrigade kind of fall off uh the map with the uh Konami's inevitable wrath on the ban list. True. I, I think I think it, it, as Sonny said earlier, this is Eternal Format too. We've kind of been dancing around it for a long time now. I think partially for pandemic reasons and partially just because formats have been fine. We are due for like a, a ban harp, ban stallio limit circle, limit gazelle, uh, ban colossus, ban engage type list. It, I think it probably will happen. Make Alistair a Gemini monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This is gaining um, some traction, which I enjoy. Yeah. Also, um, sub, just I guess a last note for Bode. Uh, there is uh, an interesting rogue deck that people have been labbing. That's uh, I, I th- post Bode because of the release of Rocket Caliber actually is kind of interesting. Stuff is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I people might there's a there's a guy on YouTube. He's been playing this version of this deck called Explosive over ages, and it's like destroy cards dot deck and it always like centers around cosmo but rocket caliber means that you can play with with destiny hero phoenix enforcer if you want and phoenix enforcer actually has some really interesting synergy uh cosmo dragon link is a sleeper deck for for a post boat format look when you send me that video and the first thing he did was summon rocket tracer target cosmo town i was like Yo, this is broken. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, low, low key. It's I. I think it might be really good. It, it has like it. It operates on a bit of a different axis, and it's a, a axis than the other D link lists do, and it's a bit stickier. And that's the kind of thing that I think Bode Meta does right. Uh, like you said, it's not like it's kicking anything out. It's bringing more in. DPE enables a few interesting lists. Uh, it's. Uh, it, it lets more play rather than take away people's opportunity too, which I really like in the format. Right, I do Jeff. agree with you. Well, now that we have all ended on a note of agreement, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap things up. Yeah. I want to thank both of you for joining me. It is truly always a pleasure to have both of you on. Uh, I cannot thank both of you enough. Uh, I do want to do quick shout outs to our Patreon one more time. Thank you so much for our supporters over there at Patreon. Thank you so much for all support, all of our support from our Discord server. You all are wonderful. Uh, thank you to everybody that follows on Twitter. Uh, if you're all listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a rating and a review. It takes just a moment of your time, and you could have your review read on the podcast. We want to thank ETB again for being our sponsor. It means the world to us, and we are very thankful. Now, of course, we want to shout out Team Dark Arm Dealings, which Dylan is a member of. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to, uh, we want to, of course, plug the YouTube channel, which is our sister YouTube channel. Uh, they are posting regular content, all of the deck profiles from the tournaments that we talk about, because we all go to these tournaments together. So if you want deck profiles from the decks that we're talking about and the people that we have um, interviewed on the podcast, uh, you can find those deck profiles on the Team Dark Arm Dealings channel. Their link is in the description below. There will be a link to the Giant Skyhawk YouTube channel in the description below. Uh, I can't promise that there will be anything there, but, you know, we'll link it. <laughs> Someday. I am meticulous about my days. It's coming. Don't worry. It's okay. We know. 
uh we're actually i'm actually very excited to uh you have an upcoming uh combo slash deep dive tutorial into the fluffle coming correct yeah it's kind of a mix of uh every bit of content that already exists i'm very happy to be ripping off everybody for the very first time uh and uh i think it'll be a good one well, I know that I'm excited to see that, and I'm sure that we have an enormous amount of people in the Yu-Gi-Oh space that are very excited to see it as well, as well as the Fluffle Wrap that is hopefully coming with it, right? <laughs> Shh, that's a secret. Oh, it's a secret. Okay, so everybody that listens, no, no, be sure no. to not, not, don't tell everybody. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Advanced notice. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a wonderful day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.